Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. This is Dion. Who's on the call? Good morning, Sister Tracy, home from Africa. Good morning, everybody. Oh, well, good morning, Tracy, all the way from Africa. Good morning. Yep, I got home last night. So thank you guys for your prayers and for covering me as I had traveled for two weeks. So I just got back last night. Well, welcome back and welcome back to the call. Yay. Good morning. This is Dion Didi on the line. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning? Good morning. You've reached the clear victory. We're live right now. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning? Good morning. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning? Happy Thursday. Good morning. This is Dion Didi, your greeter this morning. Is there anyone else coming on the line who'd like to say good morning? Good morning, Sister Yolandra. Good morning, Dion. Good morning, Yolandra. How are you? I am well. How are you? Great. I'm good. I'm good. It's bright and early, and I'm here. Hallelujah. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. (laughs) I hear you, Mama. Yes. Good morning. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning? Good morning, it's Susie. Hi, Susie. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Good morning to you, too. I'm great. Good to hear you. Welcome, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much. Good morning. Is there anyone else who's just logged in and would like to say good morning? Me, me, me. Good morning. Happy Thursday. I love Jesus. How about you? Have a good yes, morning. I love him too. <laughs> yes, good morning. I love it. I love it. This is our time to be off of you. Say good morning. We have about three minutes left. Anybody else want to say good morning? Amen. God is so good. God morning. Great morning. Praise the Lord. This is Sister Shantae. Good morning. Hi, Sister Shantae. Good morning. I love the energy. Yes.
Good morning. This is Dion Didi. I'm your host this morning. Anybody else just popping in like to say good morning? Good morning, Didi. It's Didi. I love you and lifting the family up constantly. Thank you so much, sis. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Definitely feel all the love. I thank everybody who's prayed for the foster family. Good morning. Is there anyone else who'd like to say good morning? Or happy Thursday? Or just, hey, good morning. Good morning, Dion Didi. It's me, Mary. Hi, how are you? Good morning. Good morning, Miss Leomia. Happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Good morning. Good morning. Anybody else before we get started who'd like to say good morning? Anyone else before we move forward? Okay. No one else wants to say good morning? Top of the morning. Good morning. Declare victory. It's Sister Sabrina. How you doing, everyone? Hi, Sister Sabrina. Good morning. Okay, so we're going to go ahead and get started. And before we move forward, we ask you to mute your line so that we can proceed. Hello, my name is Dion Didi, and I am your host. Thank you for joining us here on Declare Victory. We are a prayer call that meets Monday through Friday, starting at 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, to edify, empower, encourage, and equip you in your walk with Christ. Make sure you continue calling in during the month of September, our monthly theme is entitled Evangelism and Discipleship. Each declarer will focus on the care required in loving God as you sit under his teaching along with those who proclaim God's word announcing the Savior's coming. Make sure you invite a friend so that they can be blessed too. There is one announcement for today. Ladies, please join us tonight and every Thursday night for Walk It Out Woman's Call, hosted by Ms. Lisa Porter. They are studying the book, The Bait of Satan, by John Bevere. The call takes place from 6 to 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 to 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, and 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here by dialing the same number tonight. We didn't have any prayer requests um, on the app, so we're going to move over, over into the order of the call. And today, it is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Dion. The declaration will be brought by Tanya. Then we'll go right into closing comments hosted by the declarer. Again, the order of the call is prayer and corporate praise will be brought by Dion. And the declaration will be brought by Tanya. 
and then we'll go into closing comments hosted by the declarer. The scripture for today, John 12:46. I have come as a light into the world so that everyone who believes in me will not remain in darkness. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading, hearing, and doing of his holy word. At this time, we ask you to please put your phones on mute until instructed to come off mute. I now pass the call to the prayer warrior. Thank you. Well, good morning, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Good morning, Father. Good morning, Jesus. God, we bless you this morning. We give you glory and honor. For surely you are great and greatly to be praised, God. We bow our hearts before you. God, we surrender and submit our will to you, God. We cast down any high thing this morning that exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ. And we say we will bless your name. We will enter your gates with thanksgiving in our hearts and your courts with praise. God, we admonish you as the author and finisher of our faith this morning. We honor you as the head of our hearts, the head of our lives. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you've given us another opportunity, God, to say that you are our sovereign God, that you are our God. We are your people this morning. God, we repent. We open our mouths and we confess for any thought, any deed, every idea that rejects the truth of the word of God. We thank you this morning that the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork, that day after day utters speech and night after night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language, God, where your voice is not heard. Your light goes out to the end of the world and your word to the ends of it. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. God, we bless your name. God, not for what you do, not for your hand, God. But this morning we come with our hearts in search of your heart. The word declares that if we seek ye first the kingdom of God and all of its righteousness, that everything else will be added unto us. God, we thank you this morning that even as we pray, your peace is being added to us. We thank you this morning, God, that even as we bow our hearts, your joy is being added to us. The word declares that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Father, strengthen us in the name of Jesus. Strengthen us to the degree, God, that our lives begin to shift. Strengthen us to the degree that our hearts and our minds begin to bow, that our will be broken. God, we thank you that at the seat of our will this morning sits the truth of your word. We thank you that because heaven has already confessed and professed a thing for us in this day, God, give us this day our daily bread. Hallelujah, God. We thank you this morning that because you are our righteousness, that our efforts are futile, Father. We thank you that because you're holy, God, that we'll live holy, not, God, for an objective or an agenda, but because it is a declare, it's the sound, it is the clarion call 
of heaven this morning. God, give us a heart and a mind to live a holy and a righteous life because it is on us and in us. God, I thank you this morning that we have, as Grandma would say, a reasonable portion of our health and our strength, God. I'm praying this morning for those that are sick and heavy laden. Now, your word declares that if we cast our cares on you because you care for us, you will be our safety. God, I thank you this morning that even those that are ill in their body this morning, God, we can call you Jehovah Rapha. We can pull on the horns of the altar this morning and declare our healing, that everybody aligned with the truth of what heaven is blaring with the heaven and echoing in the name of Jesus. We thank you this morning that because you were beat with a cat of nine tails, God, that we can call you our healer. We thank you this morning that because your blood never dries, God, we can call you our hope and our refuge. We thank you this morning that you are a strong tower, that the righteous run in and they are safe this morning, God. We put every ill thought, every ill will, every sickness, every chronic disease at the very foot of the altar, Father. God, we thank you this morning that because you're a healer, because you sent us into the earth, God, as arrows, you aimed us in a specific direction, regionally, nationally, internationally, God, that we would be an answer in the earth because greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We come this morning against every diabolical plan of the enemy, every plot, every ploy, every lie, every second of deception, God that we ask that you would break off the binds of confusion, the binds of foolishness, God, folly, God, that we would put up all malice, all contempt, God, that we would surrender and submit our wills to you, God. In this day, God, give us a mind to taste and see that the Lord is good, our glory, and his mercy endures forever. God, we thank you this morning that even as we pray, God, Every realization, every revelation of the truth of who you are is being made manifest in our lives, in every area of our lives, God, in our relationships, God, in our mentality, God, in our heart posture, God, in our physical body, God, in our children, in our uh, uh, uh authority figure relationships, God, we thank you this morning that the truth of who you say we are is being made manifest, God. We thank you this morning that we have a legal right to come out of agreement with anything that's out of alignment with the truth of who you say you are. God, we confess this morning that we don't have every answer. God, we confess this morning that we are sinners saved by grace. I thank you that it's not of works that we're saved, but through faith. By grace, God, we're brought into the knowledge of Christ. God, I thank you this morning for the entrance of your word, giving light and adding understanding. God, enlighten the eyes of our understanding this morning. Anyone that's been deceived, that's been hoodwinked, that's been beguiled by lies of the enemy, God, even if it be by the vice of their own mouth, 
God, we repent this morning, God, for believing every lie that the enemy told us that we were ill-equipped and unprepared and not enough, God. We thank you this morning that because you are a restorative God, God, restore us back to our first love in the name of Jesus, God. Thank you this morning that even as I pray, God, that you've given every single person under the sound of my voice instructions in the spirit, God. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are ordained, commissioned, and empowered to live by the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, this morning, we give you full access to everything that we are, to our thoughts, God, to our words, to our deeds. We ask, oh God, that you would continue to build us up in the most holy of faith. Father, I thank you this morning that you are restoring families, that you are restoring relationships, that you are restoring honor, that you are restoring it, uh, obedience, God, even as I pray. I thank you this morning. God, I thank you that our children's lives are lining up with the truth of who you confess they were from eternity, God. I thank you that you didn't have to go outside of yourself to create us, to invent us, to come up with a plan or a ploy or an idea for us, but that out of all your manifold wisdom, you entreated us, God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you handpicked us, that you selected us, God, that you called us, your beloved, I thank you this morning, Jesus, that even in our perpetual sin, God, your grace is still sufficient. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for a heart and a mind to repent this morning on every level, on every hand, God, that in every area of our lives that we're broken, in every area of our lives that we've not agreed with what heaven is saying about us, God, we repent. I thank you this morning that we won't crucify you afresh, God, by believing the lies of the enemy. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even as I pray for someone that's on their job, God, that they have a mind to live their faith out loud. God, I thank you for contagious faith this morning. I thank you for a heart for evangelism. I thank you for a heart for discipling your people into the kingdom. I thank you for a mind, God, to trust you in every area of our lives. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we'll come out of agreement with everything everything that is not of or like you. God, this morning we pray for the city, uh, city to city. God, we pray for our city legislation this morning. We pray for every legal gamut, God, every legal organization that is in charge of the laws and the actions and the interactions. God, let justice be done. Weigh the scales in the balance in the name of Jesus. I pray for our state to state legislation. Hallelujah. I pray, oh God, that you would continue to connect them to wise people and wise counsel, that you would surround them with people that would give them just advice in the name of Jesus. I thank you that because you're a God of justice, that injustice has no power or authority. God, I pray for children of people connected to this line, for family members and loved ones that are in the legal system. Hallelujah. God, I pray that you would, by your righteousness, let justice reign in the name of 
Jesus. Comfort those that are afflicted, even with their brokenness, even with generational curses and bloodline curses. God, we thank you that by the power of the blood of Jesus, that even in the uh, situation of being locked up, incarcerated, God, that you would begin to minister to their hearts, that they come into the truth of the knowledge of Christ in the name of Jesus. I pray this morning for the backslider, God, that they will have a heart of repentance to come into the truth of the knowledge of Christ, God, that because your blood never dries, God, that redemption power is in your hands. God, I pray for our unsaved loved ones and family members, God, that because you are our righteousness, God, that you would begin to redeem them by the power that lives inside of you, God. I thank you because the power that lives inside of you is working on the inside of us, God, that we'd be like a lighthouse. I thank you that we'd be a beacon of light in a dark place, God. I thank you this morning for those of us that are uh, single and waiting, anticipating your great hand and your great provision, your protection, God, that we consistently have a mind to honor you with our lives, to honor you with our heart, our mind, our body, and our soul consistently. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that even as I pray, God, you're working it out for us, God, that you're helping us to be content in all things knowing that not only have you not forgotten about us, but that you are our great protector. I pray for marriages this morning, and I thank you that even as I pray, they're being bound up in love, God, for the couples that are on this line, God, for each and every one of them. I thank you that great will be the peace of their children. I thank you for their example. I thank you for their commitment to loving one another well. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that because you are uh, the greatest power that they will never be defeated. I pray, God, that you would even restore uh, areas in their marriage where they they maybe lost their fervor and their fire. I thank you that because you're restored, restored to God, not only can you do it, God, but let them love one another more than they did in times past. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, for our senior members, God. I pray for those that are uh, in nursing homes and care facilities. I pray, God, that you would give them the reasonable portion of their strength on today. God, remind them that they're still alive. God, give them memories from the past that bring them smiles on today, that give them peace on today. Let them be on the hearts and the minds of their loved ones, friends, and family. And if not, loved ones, friends, and family, those that are burdened, God, to serve those people in those areas. God, that that, that burden would become so strong that they'd show up for the assignment in the name of Jesus. I pray for those that are caregiving, God. I, I pray for their hearts. I pray that they not grow weary in well-doing, for in due season they shall reap if they faint not. God, encourage their hearts, God, for those that are housebound because of caregiving and facilitating for someone that they may love or simply be hired to. God, I pray that justice be done even in those areas, God, that for people that are not providing adequate care for our seniors, God, for our loved ones that are in facilities, God, that you would begin to legislate in the name of Jesus. 
God, I pray for those that are outside under bridges and terraces on tonight that are sleeping in bushes and highways and hedges and byways. God, that you would send a stranger like you did the Samaritan to meet every need according to your provision. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the heart of those that are called to the streets. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the heart of those that are called to outside external evangelism. I pray that the burden becomes so strong that they lose sleep until they honor you with their lives, until they honor you with the instruction and the mandate that you've given. God, I pray for every person that's shown us kindness, that's sown into our lives, that's given us things they didn't have to give us. God, multiply it a hundredfold. God, and then I thank you, Lord Jesus, even that as I'm praying, God, for every person under the sound of my voice, God, that their purpose would become so clear, God, that the burden to live their lives according to what heaven is echoing would become so strong and so adamant and so intimate, Lord Jesus, God, that the hunger and thirst for righteousness be overwhelming, God, that it shake them out of complacency, that it would shake them out of uh, being con- with uh, mediocre and average and regular. God, I pray that they get uncomfortable until they honor you with their lives. God, this morning, even as I pray, I pray for Tanya. I thank you for the word in advance. I pray that it be a rich word, a freeing word, a liberating word, a life-changing word. But more importantly, I pray for activation to take place in the name of Jesus, that we would live our faith out loud in such a way that the nations would change. God, we keep asking for small things, and you're trying to give us vast and extensive things. God, give us capacity like your best oh, trade, God, that you would enlarge our territory, God, that you would uh, strengthen our stakes, God, for soon we will be bursting on the left and on the right, God, and not that we be glorified, but that you be lifted up and draw all men unto you. God, and as we take our phones off mute this morning, we begin to celebrate you. We begin to lift our voices loud, cry loud, and not because we're grateful. We're grateful for the power and we're grateful for your Hallelujah, for being a 
Today, we command our day by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And God, we thank you. I passed the morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. A great morning. I don't know if it's just me, but I feel the presence of God so strongly. Um, and I'm just thankful. I'm thankful that you all made a decision to wake up this morning and join us for a little snack this morning. Just a little snack. Thank you to our host, Didi. Um, I love your sound. Uh, yeah, I love your sound. I haven't identified completely what it is, but it is perfect for Declare Victory. So thank you for um, your welcome and your greeting this morning. And to my sister friend, Grace, thank you for um, ushering us into the presence of God this morning. I am going to assume that my sound is okay because I haven't received a text to say anything other than, uh, you know, what I just said. We have a new device, praise Jesus, and it seems like it's going to work out. But y'all know what to do if anything starts to go haywire. Today, today, today is September 28th, 2023. It is 6.31 a.m. It's September. It's really October uh, almost. It'll be October, I think, Sunday. I'm still trying to figure out where these days are going. It's like they're being gobbled up in a uh, bottomless pit of time. But anyway, thank God for thank God for another day that he's blessed us to see. I know y'all not going to believe me when I tell you this, but my baby girl, my, my only daughter, my only biological daughter, turned 46 on Saturday, September the 23rd. Can y'all believe? I know. I know some of y'all just dropped your draw, your jaw. Uh, some of y'all are just like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. No, seriously. I became a mom at 17 years old. Now, by today's standards, that's a little old. But can you imagine being uh, pregnant in the house of your mama and your daddy who were pastors of a thriving <laughs> ministry, praise Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, and I'm going to get in, I'm going to get to the, I'm going to get to the, um, to my heart share. This is going to lead up to it. Um, yeah, 17 years old. And, um, of course I was the talk of the town. Um, how in the world she looked like she 12 having a baby. I heard that all the time. Uh, I may even post some pictures. I may, and my baby was a big baby. Woo, that girl was big. But I thank God. I thank God for my daughter who is uh, just, she is becoming, she is being. And uh, I love her. I love her. And uh, I'm going to tell you this quick little story, and then I promise I'm going to get in the declaration. So she says, Mom, I'm, you know, you know, you, you know, you have arrived as a parent when your kids throw their own party and you don't have to pay for it. Ooh, you talk about liberating. Anyway, so she plans this party. We go to a place called Sandbox and it's for virtual reality games. And um, at first, you know, it was supposed to be Saturday. You know, her birthday, she was born on um, a Friday night. Uh, she was, <laughs> she was 
she was born at 9.33 p.m. It's a Friday night. And so, um, yeah, so she says, Mom, I'm having this party. I want you to come. It's going to be at this place. And I'm like, okay, I've never been before, but whatever, whatever. And so then she says, okay, we're going to have to change the time to get this 9.20 p.m. I say, girl, I'm oh, I can't. I can't, you know, I can't go to no 9.20 at night. I'll be ready for bed. She's like, girl, bye. Come on now. You got to go. And and then on top of that, the um, so I looked at the website. I, I'm going to make it all make sense. I look at the website and, um, you know, the games that you can choose are zombie this, zombie that. And it was a couple, it was a sci-fi game. And then there was another game or whatever. And so. I was like, I'm not playing. You want me to come at 9:20 at night to a to a party in San Mateo, to your party in San Mateo, and then on top of that, you want me to play a zombie game? I said, the devil is a lie. I'm not opening no portals, playing no, <laughs> playing no zombie game. You guys, we had so much. I did not play a zombie game. Um, I played. Um, I was the uh, me and my little my little uh, nephew were. Um, the front line defense for our team that was protecting precious cargo. And I'm telling you, it was a blast. But let me go back to my daughter and me being being, being pregnant and um, the subject of conversations all over the place, probably all over Double Rock, you know, because we lived right down the street from Double Rock. The church was around the corner from Double Rock. Double Rock is a housing project in um, San Francisco uh, in the southeast sector, sector of San Francisco. But anyway, let me get to let me get to discipleship. Um, and why I believe the Holy Spirit even brought this up, um, and that is that um, there was a woman who was my, she was not at the time my mentor, but she became my mentor. And I had a chance, I had a chance to visit her this weekend. And when I tell you this woman discipled me, it is because of her. It is because of her that um, I did not, I did not lose faith and lose hope in people, in marriage, in relationships. Um, and she taught me how to live. She taught me how to live a life that was pleasing to God, not so much by the the converse, not so much by the conversations that we had, and we had many, many deep conversations, but um, more, she taught me how to live out loud. Like she, she taught me how to release the past and how to um, embrace your now uh, and how to live moving forward. I'll never forget when I'm sure many, many people had negative things to say about me being a curious 17-year-old girl. They probably thought that I was promiscuous. I was not. I was curious, and I was naive and got caught, right? And so um, she, she she went, she, she would talk, she invited me to her home. Now, she had a daughter that was, um, I think Cheryl is a year younger than I am. Um, she wasn't afraid that I was going to negatively uh, impact her daughter um she they embraced her and her husband they embraced me i spent many weekends at their house with a big old belly 
um, uh, they, they treated me like I was their daughter. At any rate, I won't go down a rabbit hole with, um, with my stories about who I call my gamma and my gapa, but um, they both um, today still in their 80s, and they will be married 60 years as of November the 7th. But when I went to see them this weekend and I, 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 I saw how frail they're becoming and um, I saw, you know, that they're aging and we are going to age. We, there's nothing we can do about that. But they are aging gracefully. And the same type of love that they have for me when I was a 16-year-old teenager, I got pregnant when I was 16 and delivered my daughter at 17, but that same love, that same wisdom is still evident on them. And I pray to God that I am just a smidgen of who they are as I age and as I mature and I'm becoming perfected in Christ. And so I just wanted to give that uh, tribute to them. Um, I love them. Um, yeah, I love them dearly. I love them both dearly. And I'm thankful for how they discipled me. I'm thankful for how they handled me. They never pushed God on me. They never, um, they gave me, very, they're very practical teachers who gave me very practical lessons, primarily my gamma, but you know, when, when Gapa speaks, everybody listens. Anyway, so let's get into the heart of my declaration today. Um, again, this, this month's theme has been incredible. Um, uh, prior to this month's theme, my vision of evangelism and discipleship was rather short-sighted. And in fact, it was one-dimensional. Um, in that I categorize evangelism and discipleship to witnessing to strangers and teaching strangers how uh, to develop a relationship with God, who he is, um, and teaching them about Jesus, well, about the Trinity in general, but um, doing so methodically so that whoever the person I was discipling was not overwhelmed um, and do it because everybody comes to Christ at different stages and phases of knowledge of him. There are the people who know absolutely nothing to those who had a relationship and they walked away from him and um, they're trying to, you know, regain um, not only their footing, but then grow past that. So if there's a there's a huge gap between the ranges of people that we disciple and even how we disciple. But um uh, the other thing is, is that today, um, because of our theme this month and other experiences that I've had, you know, with Dion and I being out with the other girls, the other graces, and sometimes a little mercy, um, just how we move around differently and that we all know without saying anything that it's time to get into action and become the silent partner. And when it's time to and I, it, may, it may sound like I'm going all over the map. I'm not. I'm. I'm. I know. I'm getting downloads from the Holy Spirit, right? So in those times, you've heard Dion talk about it, or uh, maybe even me sometimes talk about being out in the marketplace at a restaurant, at a wherever we were, um, and all of a sudden, you know, Dion, we know it. We know that look, and we know it's time to start praying. And who is she looking at? Because let me identify who it is she's looking at, so we'll know you know, how we're about to move around. And um, it's just beautiful. It's like, it is like, it is like a, thank you, Jesus. It is like a 
symphony, um, like an orchestra, where you have several different instruments and each of them know exactly um, where they are going to come in to complement the piece that is being played, um, no matter the genre. And it, the harmony is absolutely beautiful, right? Okay, so let's go a little bit deeper. Um, as, as we prepare to close this month's theme out, because there is today and then there is tomorrow, I think uh, Reverend Dr. Pastor um, Belcher is speaking on tomorrow for Men's Day. Um, and if you know, let me, let me give this little shout out. If you know of any men that um, you'd like to hear from another man that is a good, sound teacher, invite them to be a part of the call tomorrow. Um, Pastor Belcher has a way of connecting the dots and um, delivering um, the word rhythmically to a point where it sounds beautiful, right? So invite them to be a part of the call. Or it doesn't have to just be men, but because it is Men's Day, I would strongly encourage you to encourage some brothers to be a part of the call tomorrow. But let me get back to the lesson. Let me get back to my heart share. So um, as, as I said, as we prepare to close out this month's theme, I want to use the next few minutes to share what I believe is a priority to God, and that is evangelizing and discipling our families. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Evangelizing and discipling our families, yeah. For some of you, you've tried. You may have gone too hard in the paint and they're not trying to hear you. It's okay. There is a recovery process. For some of you, this is a complete shock. You didn't realize you need to evangelize and disciple your families. It's okay. I'm going to give you a couple of tools today that will allow you to do that. Uh, even the person that went hard first and you got to dial that thing back, uh, I'm going to give you some tools as well. In fact, the tools can be used for any of those categories. So I want you to, I want you to focus. Um, thank you for making sure that your phone is muted. Um, and, and if it is possible, I know some of you are moving around, getting ready for work. Some of you may be at work already. If it's possible, I want you to focus on what I'm saying and stop moving around for a minute. If it's possible. If it's not Keep doing what you're doing, but keep allow one ear to really be honed in onto what I'm saying. So here are the questions that popped up as I was preparing this heart share. Is it necessary to evangelize and disciple your family? How do I start? Where does evangelism and discipleship lie on the in the in 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 a pecking order? For example, do I evangelize my neighbors first and then my family? or vice versa, because it would be selfish for me to evangelize my family and then go and evangelize my neighbors. Do I print up, you know, little tracts and bulletins for my family and pass them out at the family gatherings? Do I, do I put them in my, uh, you know, include them in my children's uh, belongings for the day when they're getting ready to go for school? If you have school-age children, do I, you know, how, how does that work? How does that work? As we go deeper, I, I encourage you to list any questions that you may have so that we can be prepared to discuss them during Love, Life, and Victory. Or not, it's totally up to you. My foundational scripture is 1 Timothy 5 and 8, and I think I copied this from the NIV um, version. And it says, but if any 
do not take care of their relatives, especially the members of their own family, they have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. I'm going to read it again. But if any do not take care of their relatives, especially the members of their own family, they have denied the faith and are worse than an unbeliever. The King James Version says you worse than an infidel. Ooh. <laughs> but uh, I went a little softer um, with um, the NIV Version. So I understand that uh, the context of this scripture, but I have permission of the Holy Spirit to actually use this in conjunction with um, evangelizing and discipling our families because it is very important for us believers to ensure that our family understands who God is, they understand the gospel. Maybe they can't exegete a text, but they understand the gospel. They understand why we acknowledge um, Resurrection Sunday. They understand why we acknowledge um, uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. They understand these things. And, um, and so it's very important for our family to know. Because think about this for a minute. How logical is it for someone to be this great evangelizer, this great teacher um, who, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, has the capacity or has been a blessing to hundreds, maybe thousands of people, and their family is completely lost. Their family, nobody is helping them in ministry. Um, their, their fam- and while, while we can't control, there are some of our family members that are going to be out there, right? But I believe that an evangelist, a discipler, I believe that at some point our families, especially if we've raised our children in the word, they begin to, um, they can't help it. They, they take on some of our, number one, our spiritual DNA, but they also take, in, take on some of our characteristics in, in that they, they love people. If you're somebody that loves people, they're concerned about people. Let me digress just for a minute and I'll get back, um, I'll get back to the topic. When I think about my own, my own children, um, they've watched me live. They, they've seen me live a life and, and to see them have some of my characteristics blows me away because they are not, they don't, they don't, they don't live their lives the way that I live my life. Um, but I believe that God uses them in special and unique ways, but I'll, I'll, I'll get into that as we go a little bit deeper. So that is the answer to my first question. Is it necessary to evangelize and disciple your family? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. It is. Um, the next scripture I'd like to share with you is Joshua 24:15. If you are not willing to serve him, and this is NIV, decide today whom you will serve. The gods your ancestors worshipped in Mesopotamia are the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are now living. As for my house, me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So this is the answer to my second question. I guess we could call this uh, question two and question 2A. Um, uh, make a decision. Who, wh- what are we doing? You hot, you cold. What are we doing? You hot, you hot, or you cold? We're moving forward. We're going we gonna to just let our kids, we're going to let our family die. 
And I'm not just talking about our immediate family. Yes, that's very important, but our extended family as well. Those those people that, you know, get on your last nerve. Those people that you see their number in the caller ID, you're like, oh, my God, I know they want something. Sometimes you just let it roll over the voicemail. Thank God for caller ID and voicemail. Amen. <laughs> anyway, answer to part uh, question two and 2A is make a decision. And then as Dr. Sabrina Robertson would say often, make a decision and stick to it. I think that's how it goes. All right. So where do we start? So I want to I wanna cover a couple of different categories because I know that there are people on the line that have um, young children. You have, uh, you, have, you have babies, toddlers, preschoolers. You have school-age children. You have children that are high schoolers. And then there are those of us on the line who have adult children. And so the method is going to be different. The methodology is going to be different for each um, group. But let's start with um, children first, okay? And you can use this if you are an aunt or an uncle you have, um, or you have little cousins, uh, or if you have grandchildren. This can be applicable uh, for you as well. So uh, Proverbs 22 and 6 says teach, and then this is NIV, teach children how they should live, and they will remember it all their life. I learned it in the King James Version. I love the poetry behind it, which says, train up a child in the way they should go. They are old. They will not depart. I am a living witness to that. I was not so much interested in Jesus, 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 and the way it was religion, it was more religion than anything else. The way it was presented, uh, it was too controlling, too many rules. Um, I need to go live my life because y'all, you know, all these rules, you you can't do this, you can't do that. How in the world are you supposed to have fun? I'm a teenager. I don't, want to, I don't want all them restrictions. Let me find some stuff out my own self first, and then, you know, I'll come on back. Just naive, right? Not understanding, part in part because it wasn't modeled by the majority of the people I was around. My gamma and my gappa modeled something differently. They were not as religious. Uh, and because, Yeah, they were not religious at, at all, you know. But um, at any rate, going back to how we begin to evangelize and disciple our children. Uh, and I'll use myself as an example. When my children were younger, uh, I love books. I love to read. Y'all know I like to write, but I also love to read. One of the things that I did is, is that I read Bible stories to my children. I started sharing Bible studies with them as, Bible stories, excuse me, with them as young as toddlers. Uh, I taught them how to say the grace over their food. Um, I taught them to how to pray before they went to bed. You guys remember when they were really, really little and they couldn't retain a lot, the prayer started off with something as simple as, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, God bless sister, God bless brother, amen. Because that's all their little brains could, um, in my opinion, could hold at that time. And I'm talking about they're just learning how to talk. And we got on our knees, we, you know, put our hands in the prayer position, we closed our eyes. And I started it off, and later I allowed them to say it. So that is the beginning of me teaching them how to pray and teaching them the importance of prayer. That's discipleship. As they got older, I would ask them, who, do, who are we praying for tonight, right? And they wouldn't say, God bless mommy, God bless daddy, God bless my friend, 
God bless my teacher. God bless my, God bless um, Sully. That was their little hamster. Whatever. Their, their innocent little heart, right? Allowing them to learn how to pray. And then as, um, then, uh, then as they got older, you know, um, I, we would play Bible games. I actively looked for board games that were, had some type of Bible theme to it. We didn't have video games when my children were young. I told you my oldest daughter is 46. And then, it, you know, they're between the ages of three, my three biological children are 40, 42, and 46, right? So we didn't have, we didn't have video games. I know, I know I don't look like I got sick in that old, but I do. Anyway, 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 anyway. Um, um, whenever I found a game that had a Bible theme, um, and again, it was rare, I would, I would get it. I usually purchased it. Um, I've, I've also been known to create Bible games. Um, and it's because it's a fun way to disciple or teach. Um, it was a fun way to disciple or teach my children about God, right? So I didn't want to just give cram them with the Bible. I wanted to make it, I wanted to create an atmosphere that made it fun and that made it, um, it didn't make it seem like it was work. Um, and I didn't, I never wanted to use the Bible as a form of punishment. You go read, you know, these 59 chapters in the Bible because you did this. No, 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 no. We never want to do that. Um, today, though, there are a wealth of engaging apps for children of all ages, teenagers, including Bibles that are geared specifically towards them, right? So we have lots and lots of resources. Next, we had talks in the car. I, I remember um, after, when my children were younger, we lived in Vallejo. We commuted to San Francisco for everything, family get-togethers. I worked in San Francisco. Church was in San Francisco. So we commuted from Vallejo to San Francisco, and I remember at, at least once, once maybe twice a week because um, we went to church on Sundays, and whenever we had youth night, they went, um, and they, you know, they participated in uh, youth night dark programming that night was geared specifically towards our youth, whether it was, um, you know, songs that were geared toward them, the lesson was always going to be geared toward them, and very often we would have youth discussions where, you know, um, we talked and related on their level, whether it was using learning and figuring out what the latest slang was and using it, incorporating it. And so we're talking about the 80s and the 90s when rap was really just starting to get out and started to become popular, we used that as a way to engage them, to help them. It was a it was a form of connecting with them. So what's important is that we connect with the people that we are in that evangelizing and discipling. Mealtime talks are also a great way um, to 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 ev- to evangelize and disciple. Listen, Jesus. Um, Jesus, food, and people were a common practice. We we see in scripture where um, Jesus met natural needs with food, and he also met spiritual needs with the word that he gave. Like that was his draw. Sometimes that that was the draw. Other times it became um, the word and then the food, right? But there was definitely a connection there. Sometimes he hung out at Lazarus, Martha, and Mary's home. Uh, but there's one particular scripture, Matthew, Luke, um, excuse me, Luke 5, 29 through, I'm only going to read the, to the 32nd verse. I'm going to paint a picture of how Jesus used food in incorporating, evangelizing, and discipling at the same time. 
um, starting, and this is the Good News translation. It says, then Levi had a big feast in his house. He had a party for Jesus. And among the guests was a large number of tax collectors and other people, because then was the people he hung out with. Some Pharisees and some teachers of the law who belonged to their group complained to Jesus' disciples. Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and other outcasts, they asked. Jesus answered them, people who are well do not need a doctor, but only those who are sick. I have not come to call respectable people to repent, but outcasts. That's what Jesus said. I'm I'm down for the, uh, uh, listen, I came for the reentry folks. I came for the unhoused. I came for the, um, I came for the substance abusers. I came for the dope dealers. All of it. I want all of that. I came for the hoes. Yes, I said hoes on the call. I came for all of it. The the madams, the all of it, whoever you, I came for them. I'm not fooling with you religious people because you all know it all. I'm looking for those people that are hungry because some of them are living the lifestyles that they're living because they are look they are in search of me. They are in search of creating a void. Some of them are, <clears throat> some of them have used methods to medicate the pain that they have endured in their life. Perhaps it started as a child. Um, some of them, it's just a matter of survival. It's not really what they want. It's not really what they chose, but it's a matter of survival for them. Whatever it is, I'm here for all of it. And I'm not afraid to hang out with them because what they eat don't make me fat. Just because they do particular things, live a certain lifestyle, does not mean that I'm going to I came, Jesus, this is Jesus speaking. I came so that they can have life and life more abundantly. Y'all too religious to share me with them, so I'm going to share. And so Jesus goes into, listen, I imagine, sorry, excuse me one second, let me clear this. I imagine Jesus. Imagine, I'm not sure about the other areas. I'm just uh, of, of where many of our underserved communities are, I primarily know about San Francisco really well. So there's a section of the city is called the Tenderloin. Over over years, over the years, it has, um, it has become worse, <laughs> worse than anything I've ever known, right? Um, it is, um, the Tenderloin is just, just be, the the demonic presence that is there in the tenderloin, I feel it. I feel it as soon as I get to a certain section of like Sixth Street, Turk, Eddie, um, oh, what are the other streets? Golden Gate, those streets. And it's funny because the Golden Gate Theater, where they do a lot of their, um, you know, their um, theatrical performances, right in the heart of the tenderloin. And so anything you can imagine, I, I went down there the other day, and there was a man, I kid you not, that was riding his bicycle butt naked. This white guy, my, riding his, he was, I said, my God, that has to be painful. <laughs> anyway, whatever. I'm just saying, there's no telling what you will see down there. But me, I imagine Jesus hanging out down there. I, I imagine Jesus having dinner with, uh, or breakfast, or, you know, fizzing, yeah, yeah. Um, meeting the the needs of people while he's downtown in the tenderloin while he is um while he is doing his thing and letting people know um about there is a way out right not being afraid um not 
not um, not prejudging, none of those things. Just wanting to, them to know that there is a way out. I'm him. <laughs> and and the religious people turning their nose up. Oh, I would never go down there. Oh, okay. How can you stand the smell? How you got to step over all kinds of. But I imagine Jesus just being comfortable and chilling. All right. So anyway, I think you get the picture, right? That was Luke five twenty nine through thirty nine. Or excuse me, through 32. But can I take a, can, can we take a, can we park right there? And can we take a, um, can we take a uh, a detour? This We're going to take a detour on Tanya, not Tanya Nugget Lane. <laughs> Dinner evangelism and discipleship. What a concept, right? It's normal for people, think about this. It's normal for, pe- for people to go out to dinner or go out, go, go have a meal and, and conversate. It's normal. It's it's what it's what we do. Sometimes we go we go out to eat just so that we can talk. I know we do it. The graces do it often so we can catch up. And technology challenges us. Listen to this. Technology challenges our ability to to interact as humans um, as long as we have our devices on and we're using them while we're trying to engage in conversation. I know for the graces, we we all have our phones with us, but we're general. We are we might just so we can take pictures or something like that. But it's not we're not sitting at a table with each other, all four of us. And if little mercy is there, all four of us on our devices, not saying anything. That we not I'm not doing that. I, I'm liable to take some snap somebody's phone out their hand. We finna talk. I didn't come meet you set this time aside so we could be on our cell phones, but whatever. Um, so it may sound like I'm going on a tangent, but I promise you I'm not. I'm not off task. I know exactly what I'm doing and where I'm going. According to experts, eating dinner as a family is an advantageous parenting tip, making meal sharing a win-win-win. That is for the children, the parents, and for the family. Think about it. The family has an average of an hour to discuss during dinner time to discuss school, how was your day, to boost their confidence, decrease their chances of being overweight, depressed, or using drugs. This is from the experts. Seriously, research conducted by JAMA, J-A-M-A Network Open, that's the name of the, the, the researchers, alleges that eating dinner with loved ones has been linked to healthier eating habits in general particularly among teenagers. I hear you. That's fine for minor children or children in the home, but what about parents that are not primary caregivers or parents of adult children? How do we use this method to evangelize and disciple them? I'm going to answer that question, but let me let me just really quickly, let me go back to the dinner and the meal sharing. Um, I know what the experts say based on what I just read. But I want to, I want you to think about this concept because for some of us we're so busy that we don't do dinner anymore. We just fix the food. We let the kids go on and do that. Maybe the kids eat and watch TV. Maybe they eat dinner in their room. Maybe they eat dinner in the family room. Um, maybe the maybe the dining t- or the kitchen table or the dining table just has a bunch of papers and projects and stuff on it. I want to challenge you to clear the dining room table off or your your kitchen table off. And I want to challenge you to start using 
mealtime as a time to evangelize and disciple your children. Now, I don't want you to be overwhelmed. I want you to think about starting off once a week, even if you have takeout. You got, because a lot of, listen, I know as parents, you're busy. You're commuting. um, You got to help with homework. There are lots of things. I had to do it too. I commuted from Vallejo to San Francisco five days a week for work. Then I turned right back around and I went on Sundays and sometimes I went on Saturdays to drop the kids off for their activities. I fully understand commuting and paying two bridge tolls. I fully get it. I fully understand the challenges that we have of trying to trying to work and take care of our family and do this discipleship and evangelism thing. I get it. But as parents, we have to make the time. Otherwise, you're just raising little heathens, and when they become teenagers or older, we're not going to have any say-so on anything. Wow, it's 6 o'clock. It's 7 o'clock already? Jesus, good Lord. All right, let me, let me, let me wrap this up. Um, so so let's, let's segue into, I hope that made sense to you. We could talk a little bit more about it during Love, Life, and Victory. Um, let's segue into um, um, older children or um, um, children that are outside of the home, okay? Um, so relationship building is the key to successful evangelism, period, right? Um, be it families or strangers. Now, granted, you may not have a lot of time to build a relationship with a stranger. However, you can find relatable items to discuss that segue into a message of hope. And the Holy Spirit will give us exactly what to say. It might be something as simple as complimenting something that somebody has on. Or you're in a restaurant and you see, I mean, it's just a gamut of things that can segue into, you can compliment them perhaps on how beautiful their their children are. And the Holy Spirit will create a door for you to be able not to give them the whole gospel, but to just perhaps plant a seed. And if they are open, they'll let you know they're open to wanting more based upon their their engagement with you and the questions that they ask. And if they do, it's important for you to be ready to be able to give a sound answer. But going back to our family members that we're discipling, um, remember that God, you got to remember that God assigned you to be their parent, not their pastor, not their evangelist. So you got to be very careful with how you um, that with how you evangelize them. You want to refrain from being overcritical and judgmental. That's religious. That's you being religious right there. Stop it. Stop it. Stop. Cut it out. Cut it out. Cut it out. <laughs> what were you doing when you were their age? Mm-hmm. If you have blown it before, apologize. If you have been overcritical, judgmental, this is an opportunity for you to critic to to apologize for your actions and keep it pushing. I know that's a lot for some of y'all. Only pride will keep you from apologizing. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up, guys. Kill pride and save your relationship with your kids. When they do some things that are, you know, questionable or whatever, just scream silently, you know, scream silently or go someplace and, you know, just say a silent prayer or whatever, but show and tell them how much you love them. When time permits and the Holy Spirit leads you, remind them about God's plan for their lives. Most of all, be a living example. Absent parents, you can use some of these same tactics that I discussed for um, 
discipling and evangelizing older children. Um, my definition of an absent parent has several components. It could be the father who was not given a choice to parent because the woman did not tell him he was the father, or it could be that she didn't realize he was the father and later on he, he discovers he's the father. It could be the parent that refuses initially to, the, 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 to, to parent. You know, I could be the father. I know that's my kid, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not doing any of that because I didn't ask for no kids. But then later on, as they get older, they have a, a change of heart. And now you've got to mend. You've got to try to do your best to mend that relationship. Fall on your sword, ask for forgiveness, and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to give you a strategy as to how to insert yourself in their lives gently. You may not be able to show up as father. And there are some women, same thing. You, you, They may have left their family or may not have had the capacity to parent based upon the lifestyle that you were living. You can't just insert yourself. I'm your parent. You got to respect me. No, they don't. No, not, no, not initially. You got to earn that because you weren't in their life. It's different from the parent that was always there. You coming in midstream. You got to earn their respect. You got to earn their trust. And I know it may be a hard pill to swallow. It may be, but swallow, swallow. Get lots of water and swallow. You got to do this thing gently. Why do I say that? I say that and then I'm going to end here. I say that because um, you you have no idea really what your child or children may have gone through, you know, when you were absent. And granted, some of it, you weren't prepared. You didn't have the capacity. We get that. Now that you do, and now that you found Jesus, you cannot cram Jesus down their throat. Think about this. Jesus never forced himself on anybody. He didn't. He did not. That's not the gospel. The Bible says, with loving kindness, have I drawn thee. We have to learn as parents. If we blow, listen, I blew it with my kids and I raised them. I blew it with them based upon certain decisions that I made. And I gently, the Holy Spirit gave me exactly what to do gently. So they had foundation in them. But as adults, I had to come back to them. I had to apologize for certain things that I did, being over-religious, on certain decisions that I made. I had to apologize. And I had to own what was their truth? It was their truth. It wasn't my truth, but it was their truth. And I had to humble myself. You know what? I didn't have to. I made a choice to because my children matter to me. I can't be out on a stump, on a stump, excuse me, not a stump, on a stump preaching to everybody else, uh, discipling everybody else. And my, I can't do it. You may be able to do it. And if, if that works for you, fine. That's, that's you. I can't do it, though. It's my responsibility. To disciple, to evangelize and disciple not only my children, but my grandchildren. I realized that if I didn't get this thing right with my children, it was going to spill over into my grandchildren. And now we're going to have generational dysfunction. Well, we already have some dysfunction. I didn't want to be the um, catalyst to, to a greater depth of dysfunction. I hope that makes sense to you. So today, so today, my children and I minister on a different platform. Today, my children and I are beginning the work to evangelize an entire community. And it's based upon who they are, how they lived their lives when they were young teenagers and young adults, the decision to change their life around, and the, and the decision to accept 
what is in them, their purpose, which is to evangelize and disciple people. While it looks different from the way my dad did it, the way that I did it, it is what it is. And I get to support them and remind them of their greatness and remind them to keep God first. Listen, my name is Tanya, not Tanya, and I approve of this message. We can discuss a little bit more in Love, Life, and Victory if you have any questions, but I didn't realize that the hour got so late. I want to thank you for your patience and listening. We're getting ready to open the call up, but before we do, I want to give a couple of instructions to anybody that might be new to the call um, uh, and, um, you know, it's your first time or you haven't been back in a while. What we're going to do is open the call up. We want to greet you. We want to say good morning to you, and we want to help you to command your morning. And one of the ways that we do that here, our culture, is to allow people to say good morning. We're not commenting yet. We're just saying good morning, and out of respect, we're going to allow our brothers to speak first and say good morning. After that, we're going to allow our first-time um, callers, if they're first-time calling or it's your first time speaking. You've been calling for a minute, but now you've been dating us, and now you're ready to uh, let your voice be heard. Uh, we're going to open the call up to you first, and then after, secondly, and then after that, the call will be open to anyone. So in that order, men, are you there? Holla at the girl. <laughs> hey, y'all, y'all, we here. Hey, big bruh, love ya. No, I'm low, bro. You, you big sense. Okay. All right. I'll take that. <laughs> hey. Good morning. Yeah. Great, great, great declaration, especially that last part. And hopefully, uh, I'll be able to comment on the latest thing. But just want to say hello, love you, love and you God back. bless you, my family. Yeah. Any other brothers want to say good morning? Hey. Good morning. Good morning. Great morning. It's EK. What kind of socks you got on today, EK? I'm messing with you. <laughs> Too funny. Any other, anybody else? Any other brothers? Okay. Any first-time callers? Your very first time calling, we just want to love on you, or it's your very first time taking your phone off mute and saying good morning. Are you there? Going once, going twice. All right, it's a free for all, y'all. Let's let's get it. If you, t Rochelle, are they off mute? <laughs> if you're good talking, morning. we can't. Okay, good morning. Who's this? Serena, the finisher. Hey, Serena. Good morning, Mr. Dad. Yeah, here's Moxie. Hey, Moxie. Good morning, Good morning, Mr. Dad. Good morning. I heard a couple of people. Good morning to all of y'all. <laughs> Good morning, Miss D. Hey, Miss D. Good morning, Miss Gigi. Hey, Gigi. Good morning, Miss Jubilant. Hey, Juju. Good morning, it's Natasha. Hey, N never again. Hey, hey. <laughs> morning, Tan and Shell. Hey, Shell.
All right, I'm going to assume that um, everybody that has um, shared their sound has, uh, uh, those people who wanted to share their sound have done so. We're going to open the call up for Love, Life, and Victory. Is there anybody, anybody with a question? You have a comment? Or you want to share a nugget? Did you have a Did you get a Did you have a God moment as as we were sharing this? As I was sharing this morning, anything? Anybody? Now good morning. Is, good morning. Good morning. This is Tracy. Um, thank you so much for that declaration, um, uh, you guys. I'm just getting back from the motherland, and I am like a day ahead of you. So bear with me a little bit, but um, I the nugget for me was having sitting down to have dinner with my family, which is something that most of us, I'll speak for myself, don't do anymore because everybody's so busy working. And so that quality time on a Sunday, I remember when we would, that would be family day. That was designated. It didn't matter where you were. You met at auntie's house or tia's house or your parents house and you sat down and you had dinner and you had those great conversations and yes my family was very old-fashioned they were very religious so they preached to us instead of having (laughs) that conversation that you talked about which is extremely important because times have changed and and what we were accustomed or what they were how they were raised is different than how these children in these millenniums are now. But I just wanted to say thank you for that because that's really vital. Um, and overall, everything else you said, I just, you know, listening. Um, I'm a little jet lag, but I'm grateful for everything. Even my trip to Africa, I've learned so much. And this trip has con- completely humbled me in a different capacity that I can't even describe into words right now. So I just want to tell you guys all, I love you. Thank you for your prayers. And uh, we'll chat soon. Amen. Tracy, thank you for your share. Um, You know, and I meant to, uh, let me just add this caveat and then also comment on your trip to Africa. But the caveat is that, you know, don't start off, don't feel like you got to you know, if you haven't been doing it already, you haven't not been having uh, sharing mealtime and dinner with your family, don't start off trying to do that five days a week or seven days a week. Don't do that to yourself. Start off with one day a week. And then slowly, especially if you have younger children, they're going to start looking forward to it. So start off with one day a week. Even if that day, y'all, you're not cooking. It's leftovers or it's takeout, right? Start one day a week. The one day will turn into perhaps two days a week. Definitely on the weekends, look for something that you can do that's fun and exciting for the children. And you don't want to, I would suggest that you don't want to make it too heavy, right? You just you just start with light conversations and pray and ask the Holy Spirit, um, you know, to guide you and uh, what scripture you can use. Because you want to, so, so the gospel, evangelism and discipleship. It always leads, there should always be a, um, a, some scriptures or a scripture tied in there somewhere. Even if you don't quote the verse or you don't quote it verbatim, it's important because the Bible says, sanctify them with thy word, for thy word is truth. Um, it's funny that you mentioned, I didn't re- even realize you were um, gone to Africa, Tracy, but I'm leaving for Africa at the end of the month. And I, the very first time that I went was in the 90s. I totally understand what you feel like 
seeing our folks in all different shades, red, deep navy blue, you know, light, lighter, whatever, caramel colored, seeing them, seeing that I was in Nigeria in um, Lagos and um, Aquiban State. Um, they, they, the red dirt that reminded me of some areas of the South, hearing the language, watching them barter in the marketplace, it was amazing. It was amazing. It was so, I became more conscious of who I am as a African-American. So, um, yeah, I, I, I will, uh, I'm looking forward to, I'm going to South Africa October the 27th. All right. Anybody else have a comment or um, want to share something? Hey, Tan. Hey, Dee Dee. Amazing. I was just so grateful listening to you share this morning and reminding me I had to laugh because I can't think of a time that the Graces have been anywhere. And just <laughs> our conversation alone, I mean, from from being at a jazz, wherever we are, we usually are the light in the place. And so, so many people end up either at our table or coming over and, you know, just telling us how they were listening to our conversation and it blessed them. And this, that that's what evangelism is. We don't even know, you know, and like you said, Dion is the one we've got to watch because as soon as her eyes change, uh-oh, <laughs> who's she honing in on? So we got to get in position. <laughs> so, so that really blessed me. And then to remind us to evangelize at home, you know, being a single parent, you know, you know my children. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. I think about how many kids have said that, even being a greeter at church and having those young girls coming in like you, when you talk in your story, one in particular got pregnant at 16, same thing happened. And I noticed she wasn't coming to church. So I asked her mm -hmm. mom, I said, where's my girl? And she said, well, one of the, you know, one of the sisters told her that she probably should stay back and said, what? No, that's mm -hmm. what she needs to be. So I reached out to her and to this day, her baby is now 17. Wow. And I'm auntie. And because I loved on her and didn't shun her. And like you said, beat her down with scripture. And I was being honest. I said, it's a whole bunch of babies that would have been. Okay, that's another depression. Anyway, I love, <laughs> I love you and I thank God. And then real quick, Dion's story. Yes, let me just say this. That was June 16th. We were, that was 2016. It was June when we went to Reno. And that weekend we went, when we got back from Reno, that day, the next, that same day is when Sarah gave me the news of what the doctor said because she was wow. in the hospital. And then two years later, she's gone. Wow. From that. So 2016 and then 2018. But then I was like, I said, I woke up this morning thinking about that. I said, we had gone to Reno, so, but I had just seen her the day before we left. And then so over the weekend, she got sick, got diagnosed, and so Dion was totally tapped in. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was. Um, even, I know it's digressing just a little bit, even you. It's like God prepared you for what was to come. Um, and it's just, just a blessing. Thank you for sharing that, Didi. Anyone else? Is there anybody on the call today? And I'm gonna beat—I won't beat a dead horse because when I tell you I got stuff dripping off my plate, woo! Um, but anyway, is there anybody that would like to share some nuggets about, you know, maybe you are an absent parent and some of the things that you did to reconnect and reestablish a relationship with your children? Or if there is a, um, if somebody wants to talk about how you disciple your your children, we'll give a few minutes for that. But if not, I'm absolutely going to give you some time back this morning. Hi, Tanya. Um, 
I just wanted to share that, you know, you talked about it and you broke it up in different age groups and all my kids just happen to be five years apart. So I got a little taste of everything. And, you know, with my 17 year old son being the oldest and then my seven year old daughter being the youngest, they're all at like different stages of wanting to know about, you know, God, my son is like, he knows everything. And, you know, he's not too sure about, you know, if God is real and who woke me up and all that. He's at that stage. And then my baby's like, Girl, you better tell God thank you and just, you know, she's all about it. <laughs> yeah, so it is kind of hard because I, I don't want to judge my son or be like, you know, force him to be like, if Elijah, the seven-year-old, can understand it, why can't you? You know, so it's just, I, I thank you for your word and how I just got to take patience and each everybody, including myself, is at a different stage with their relationship with God and just use these moments to, you know, I know that God is going to, he must not have his own experience with God, whether that's at the kitchen table, his bedroom, while he's out with his friends, whatever it is. And then I'm doing, I feel positive because I feel like I'm doing something right that my baby, the, the youngest one is the one in the, in the car every day reading the daily scripture or what the, what, um, you know, there's these little books that they have and she just, she looks forward to reading that every morning when we're in the car, going to school and work. So just taking it one day at a time and not being so hard on it. And then they also see that I'm learning too, you know, so I don't know. So when they, they got to do 40 minutes of reading, I need to sit down and pick up my book and do 40 minutes. So it just, this is, I thank you for your, your share because it's just giving me an eye opener and it's giving me tips and tools on how I can incorporate. And then they realize that that's it's evangelism right there. Right. So thank you. Right. Right. I, I didn't either because I, Again, my focus was always external. I didn't realize I was evangelizing, but I I didn't realize I didn't call it evangelizing. You know, we 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 in my family when my children were young, we also had family worship, and we alternated family worship with uh, what was the other thing we called it? It was just family time. So whatever the night was, whatever the evening was, sometimes it was a a, a lesson that we brought. Um, the, and we alternated between having family discussions. What do you guys want to talk about, even if it's chores that you don't like? And it was a free time for them to be able to express whatever they wanted to express. We gave that invitation, but, but generally they didn't because they were a little bit afraid or a little bit intimidated that they might get in trouble for speaking their truth. But we tried to encourage them uh, to let us know what was going on. Um, we tried to be very practical in, in our thinking. We we were intentional about making them feel comfortable and sharing things with us um, so they don't feel like they have to go to somebody who's inexperienced and get dumb information. Um, the other thing that I do is a little bit off topic. The other thing that I did is I extended the invitation of evangelism to my sister, evangelism and discipleship to my sister, um, because I trusted her with my kids. So I told, so my sister and I, my baby sister and I talked about it. I said, listen, the kids are getting older. Um, I don't I don't want them to feel like they have to go to their friends to get information that their friends probably don't have for them. They try to act like they got it, but they don't. Can the kids come to you and talk to you about anything? And she was like, absolutely. So we had this pact. And then what I did was I turned around and told my kids, I realize there may be things that you don't want to discuss with me. That's cool. You can go to Auntie Sheena because your friends are just like you. They don't really know. And I want you to get, and it doesn't matter. You don't never have to come back and tell me. If you want to keep it a secret with her, she will keep your confidence. So I opened that door for them. And so there were times when they took advantage of talking to my sister about certain things. Some stuff she told me, some stuff she didn't. 
you know, whatever. I trusted her with my children. So you may also want to consider that with for, for folks who have the younger children. Is there anybody else that wants to add to or um, share an experience? Yes, go ahead. Hey, Tanya. Um, good hey, morning, this is Joy. This is Joy. I just, I was going to ask a question, but in your statement just now, you had just answered it. So thank you for that, because I was okay, just you, about to say, what, what is with your evangelism that has a sound that's not being received by certain people in your family? You just talked uh, about extending the offer to your okay. sister and sometimes the hand it from her. So thank you. Good. Love you. Well, love you more. Anybody else? Thank yes. you. I, I heard two people. Um, who the person who said yes, and then then there uh, who was that? Tosh. Tosh. Yeah. And, and who? Shell. Shell. Okay. MSD. Can we go in that order? Oh, MSD. Can we go in that order, please? Yes, ma'am. So I wanted to say um, thank you for that last nugget you just gave. Um, on top of everything else, because that was really good, and it. As uh, someone who was actively like raising ten year olds um it gave me something to to really think about in terms of giving my children um other voices and perspectives um to hear because sometimes they they hear it better when it's not coming from you. It may be the same thing said just a little bit differently, so being mindful of that um is is a good a really good a really good nugget and I just wanted to give a um Shout out to my husband. We just celebrated 27 year our 27 year anniversary last last week. And as you were talking about um, sitting down and having dinner together, my ears kind of perked up. And I just sent him a little note to say thank you because he makes it a priority to be available um, and schedule his time around. You know, making sure that we can have meal time together. Um, and so, in being so critical, sometimes I have to take a step back and and look at and give myself grace that we we not you know because one of my desires is I just so badly don't want to mess this thing up I don't I don't want to mess up these blessings I have with 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 my shortcomings and and mistakes and then it's nice to hear when you hear things and get encouragement that um you're going along the right path and doing things right so I try to be more mindful to not be so critical and hard on myself about things like that so you know the 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 family meal time and setting out like we have a um Friday night PBS kids family night so we make time to specifically you know make sure that we are engaging with the kids cuz like you said time you you only have so much time and things go by really really quickly but even in that you gave me tips for ways that I can be even more intentional and more deliberate about discipleism and um discipleship and evangelism and and making our time together meaningful and impactful so there are ways to um, set foundations for them and, and share lessons and open up communication. So I thank you for that. This was a great way to um, couch and talk about evangelism because it really does start at home um, in the things that, that we do. So I really appreciate your wisdom and your insight and your time that you have uh, shared with us. So thank you for that. Thank you, Tosh, and congratulations. That's a big deal. Um, 27 years, you said? Yeah, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. Cheryl. Yes. Tam, thank you for your share this morning. Um, Joshua 24 and 15 is huge. Um, you know, <clears throat> definitely there's some things that I'm just will, willing not to bend on, 
Um, and that's one of them. You know, you can have your little friends over. They can come and eat the food, but we're going to say grace. You, they, I could give them a ride to school, but we're going to pray before you get out. Listen it's, here. <laughs> there's some, some things. They come on a Saturday. They want, we go to church on Sunday. Some, some things is just not going to change. And, and, and it makes an impact from, the kids that are older to my last one who is 15 now. And their friends appreciate the fact that I, we don't compromise who God is, who we serve. Um, my son used to laugh. He used to be like, oh, man, you're going to get in the car with my mom? Well, she might pray. She might be playing a gospel <laughs> song. I'm just telling you before you get in. Um, she's a real person, but she just might say anything, and she's definitely going to tell you about <laughs> Jesus. So I appreciate that because as an adult, they, they don't compromise who he is. Of course, they live their lives because they're growing and experiencing. But as, as I look at some of them as adults, some of that stuff really, really impacted them. But then there are some things that I have to remind them that, hey, hey, we don't do that. We're we not going there. Oh, yeah, they do what now? they like crystals. Oh, yeah, no, um, tell her you can't go no more. That, that That's just it. If you don't, but she's a really good friend. Yeah, but she over there tossing crystals like uh, jacks in a ball. No, we're not doing that. So just to teach them and help them to be mindful of something sick, you know, feeding the homeless and whatnot, those things are not, you know, those are seeds that were planted that they really understand that, there is a God that we serve that is a God that's loving for all of us. That, you know, Joshua 24, 15 is just, it's real. We don't, we just don't compromise. And my grandbaby, she loves church. She don't, she like, Gigi, we going to church this Sunday? Yes, we going to church. Baby. <laughs> so that, I appreciate that fact that we have, we never know who's listening. We never know who's watching. So we always have to continue to let our light shine and um, be the salt in the earth. So Grace Shear says, I love you. I love what you do. I love you too. I love what you just shared about indirect evangelism. That's being a living epistle. And so, guys, people of God, men and women, if they need boys and girls on here, listen. That's why it's so important that we live intentionally, that we check our attitudes, that we check our, even what we have on, how we're, pre- because we are, listen, we are ambassadors. We are God's representatives in the earth. Before people see God, they will see us. They will see the God in us. So Didi talked about us being, a, I, I never, I, I wasn't really tripping. When we go into the restaurant, you got four of us, sometimes five, if little mercy is with us. But you got four, potentially five lights shining. It's so bright that people, are, like there are people, I got to tell, people stare at us. And we'd be like, I think we can't do that anymore, guys. People be, I think they staring at the light trying to figure out, man, these fine chocolate sisters that's in this establishment right, right here, they dress nice, they look nice, they, 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 got, they look like they got their lives together. They not being raunchy, they not being loud and rowdy. They're a little loud. You know, they laugh, they having a good time, you could tell. But it's something about them. I am positive. I'm positive those are the conversations that are going on in people's heads, and they stare at us because they just can't believe it, not because we, you know, got lots and lots of melanin. It could be that, too, but whatever. Thank you for sharing that. Miss D. Good morning, Tanya. Um, family, you mentioned parents who were not present, the complete mm-hmm. portion of a child's life. 
I was an unpresent parent um, due to my lifestyle. And so my oldest child, who is 44 now, he didn't have me in his life for a good portion of his life. I thank God for restoration of families that have had parents that have been absent and who have come back. So when I came back, I had to gently walk into this young man's life to build trust first. And not a whole lot of conversation, but it was more living by example. He heard and saw my lifestyle had changed, and we've had many conversations over the last 26 years, and he explained to me how that impacted his life. We talk and share scriptures together, and I thank God for that because all my children love to expound on scriptures, even when they are going through their um, things in life. But he told me that when he saw after he saw me being stable, that's what changed his life and began to help him live a, a different path of life. So what I've learned from this process is not to have rigid boundaries, but to keep healthy boundaries. Because of my past, I had boundaries. I didn't know anything about boundaries. So not to be porous boundaries where if I get offended, I step back and be out of the picture and be absent again, but to learn to be healthy in my boundaries, to not push and over push on them to join and become members of a church or to, you know, to do as they see me do, as they see how I live. You have to live your life, and God has a relationship with you that is personal, and he's inviting them to join him in his work. And I don't know what their ministry is called to be. All I know is you have one, and when you accept God as your Lord and Savior, he's going to direct you. So for me, it's like keeping good boundaries, knowing my own values and not to compromise because past stuff does come up from time to time in, in behaviors, conversations, and not to be hurt by what they need to tell me because they need to be healed too. If we don't address the past, some of the hurt that a young person may have experienced, they're going to grow up with those soul wounds that can keep losing out onto others and to their children in the next generation as we talk about on this line, is those generational and bloodline curses. So it's, it's, it's a blessing. It's been a blessing. And I thank God for family and the foundation from which I came, you know, bring up a child in the way they go. And when they will not depart from it, even when we stray, the Lord has his hands on our lives and will guide us back in gently, in love. Thank you for this uh, testimonial share this morning about yourself and your family. You all have a blessed day and I'll be on hold. <laughs> Miss D, that was beautiful. Thank you for sharing, being that transparent with us. Um, and I'm, I, I, I know somebody felt your, they heard your heart today, and it's going to help some people. Um, because I would imagine, along with that, there may come a certain amount of uh, guilt, because uh, some, because I know some people that have been absent and they parent from a place of guilt, which is unhealthy. <clears throat> excuse me, which to me is unhealthy. Right. They mm -hmm. they um, they step outside. They're not do, they're not parenting well at all. They're ignore, not really ignoring things, but thinking, oh, you know, I've been, I've been gone for so long. I'm just going to let that, that slide. No, no, you can't do that. You can't let it slide. They need to be they need to, you know, they need to hear from you as parents. But I loved how you said you gently walked into his life. Oh, my God, that was beautiful. Thank you, Miss D. Yeah. Thank you. And it's really important to me because I did operate in guilt when I had my mm -hmm. first few months in recovery. Everything they said, I did. And if I didn't do it, I felt like I better do this so they'll like me. 
so they'll love me, so they'll accept me. And it wasn't working because I couldn't get better. So if mm-hmm. if I'm sick, I'm going to keep the rest of the body sick. I needed mm-hmm. to heal. And God healed me. And as he heals me, I'm able to pour out more love to them. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Anybody else have a comment or want to make a statement? Hi, this is Trumina. Hey, Trumina. Um, this just touched me. And um, I guess I'm going to start off my children. Um, they was raised in the uh, Christian home, uh, which we did, uh, of course, um, prayer, you know, uh, they go, before they go to bed and also for before they eat. Um, also, um, once we get out of the, on the way to school, um, I would pray, but also I would pray inside the car while I'm driving to school. We would um, take turns. I would have each children uh, pray. And um, also, um, I love to pray gospel um, music in the car. So I'd be blasting gospel music, which is, you know, they get a nerve from that way because it's, it's the word in that music that they, 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 um, uh, they can, you know, learn from. What's touching me right now is um, my oldest son has um, not a his friends would come over to the house. Uh, these are friends that are lost, um, broken, and they would see the light in me and how I raised my children. And, you know, um, there's one in particular where my son uh, was close to the kindergartners um, all the way up to high school. Um, my mother led him to the Lord. And the day... Like I said, uh, they know the light. They see the light. Uh, one time, he would come. To, he came to my home, and uh, we had talked and everything. And uh, he, I asked him about, you know, uh, about the Lord. And he, you know, he said he knows about the Lord. But anyway, he ended up in uh, my, my son and him and another two other guys was in a car accident. That was way back in the, um, 2006. He ended up passing away. The one uh, uh, that I, my mother led to the Lord, and I was being a light to him. Mm. So, you never know. Anyway, um, it's touching me right now, very hard because yeah. I was very close to him and his yeah. family. So, thank you so much for your declaration. Have a good day. Amen. Thank you, Tarina, for sharing that. Thank you. Anyone else? A couple more minutes left. All right, guys. Well, I I pray that something that I said encouraged you or provoked you to make some changes in your life with regards to your family and how you evangelize and disciple them. If there's one takeaway that I'd like to leave with you, is that God established, well, maybe a couple of takeaways. God established the family for a reason. I know our society, I know the enemy has done, has been working triple time to dismantle and to um, destroy the family unit and to make it something, to create a copy, 
a, a perverted version of what family is. That's that's what is happening. That's what that's the time that we are living in. I think that I believe that we have a responsibility as believers to reestablish what true family is. Right? We have a responsibility. What would it look like to host family dinner once a month? Maybe you can't do it every Sunday like we used to back in the day. What would it look like to do it once a month? What would it look like for it to be a potluck, you know, and everybody brings something? I know that can be a hassle, but, you know, whatever. What would it, what would it look like um, to do something with your family once a week? Your children begin to look forward to it. Maybe it starts off kind of rocky, but eventually the kids get it. They now, you know, once the kids get excited about something, they're going to remind you about it, right? Maybe your budget is tight. Ask the Holy Spirit. Listen, if it God wills it, he'll, it, he'll how, how did they put it? Somebody put it. If it's his will, it's his bill. Lord, I need, um, I thank you for supplying what we need for this Sunday's dinner. You know, I'll, let me do the cooking. No, but I, I don't mind doing the cooking or paying somebody to whatever it is, whatever it is. Make the effort. Make the effort. That's what I want to encourage you to do. And I want to encourage you, if, if there's no communication, somebody on this line, you may not be able to communicate with your children at all because the lines of communication have been, um, I won't say destroyed, they've been intercepted. You have a very, very powerful weapon that you can use, and that is prayer. Never stop praying for your children, your family, as long as they are breathing. The picture may not play out the way that you want it to. I had a certain way in my mind that I thought my children and I would minister together. That may still happen, but for right now, it's community-led. We minister in the community where they grow up. If you guys are available, October the 7th, 2023, we're having a block party at Gilman Park in San Francisco. I will be there. Um, the, we, we got donations. We, we, have a, we got a grant to do this. Plus, we have people that are donating items to us. There will be face painting. There will be uh, old school game sack races and uh, uh, kickball tournament. And I think they're going to have a dance contest. I'm going to try to enter. I might do my little two-step. That's, that's all I could do. Um, but it's just going to be good, wholesome fun. So Gilman Park is at 903 Gilman Avenue in San Francisco. It's right across the street from where the Candlestick, uh, Candlestick Ballpark used to be. Um, it would be great. Look for me. You can't miss me. Um, but it would be great to see you. But we will be ministering that day. We're going to be giving away um, prizes and the food will be free for the kids. But we'll also have, been no, excuse me, there's a caterer. So first come, first served as a caterer. When I tell you the food is absolutely mouth-wateringly delicious, OMG. It, it, you know, hurt yourself trying to eat, but they're doing all of the food. We're going to have something separate for the kids because, you know, they don't eat all that soul food. But, yes, the food will be great. Again, and then we'll be first come, first served. When they run out of food, they're going to run out of food. But if you don't have anything to do on Saturday, October the 7th, it's called It's a, it's a Rock Party. <laughs> And it will be from 2 to 6. I would advise you to get there for 2 o'clock so you can make sure you get you a plate. And look for me. I'll be there. And people know who I am. If you can't find me, ask somebody, have you seen Tanya? And they will point you in my direction. I love y'all. Thank you for allowing me to share part of my life with you. Um, thank you for um, just supporting me in every asset, every every aspect of my life as my life is in the process of going through other changes right now. 
Uh, I'm just thank they're good changes too. I'm thankful to God for what He's doing, how He's doing it, and I'm still allowing Him to be God and to lead me rather than me trying to make something happen and lead myself. No, 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 not doing it. Been there, done that. I love y'all. I holla. Love you all. Have a blessed day. Love you. Have a good day. Thanks. Have a blessed day, everyone.